We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for March 16th, 2020. And I'm just going to go ahead and get right into it today. There's going to be a lot of Bible verses today as well, but they're more commingled with the study. Uh, first report is it, and this again is more of a health emergency alert, which is kind of what I've got to concentrate on now, uh, obviously for obvious reasons. The first report is entitled, It Begins, New York Governor Activates National Guard to Create Containment Zone, while Colorado Governor declares state of emergency. Uh, this is from Mike Adams, Natural News. Just as we predicted weeks ago through a series of articles, videos, and podcasts that were largely mocked and ridiculed by many Trump supporters who still think the coronavirus is, left -wing, is a left-wing media hoax, medical martial law is quickly dropping into place across America. In addition to Washington State Governor Inslee announcing today that the state of Washington would likely be placed under a quarantine lockdown, the governor of New York has activated the National Guard there to enforce at gunpoint a containment zone around the small city of New Rochelle. Now, Dave Hodge has just released, I can't play the video, it's so, I guess he's not aware that um, the audio is, is corrupted, kind of. But it's California Governor Newsom's draconian new executive order. And what I could gather from it is that um, I, maybe I'll just try to play like a minute of it right now. Okay, I, I apologize for the audio quality, but I think you'll still be able to hear it. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to probably play more than two or three minutes of this. But it's kind of like nails across the chalkboard. So I'm just kind of warning you about the audio quality. But it, it is kind of this is what we're seeing now under for the excuse under the guise of um essentially you know protecting us from the coronavirus and these types of things we're going to see more and more of, particularly um where you know you're going to have more of a liberal political party domination well governor newsom has come out and he has issued the most draconian executive order in all of america i couldn't find an example of anything that is more draconian and more upsetting than what we're seeing in california i will tell you this uh, the first in you need to get out now i believe there's going to be travel restrictions placed on in and out of, of california and also washington state why? Because that's where the highest levels of outbreaks are. It's common sense. But it's even more than that now. Newsom has come out and said he reserves the right to commandeer. That means take over all hotels, restaurants, motels, anything where you could house people. He's reserving the right to take it over. Now, why would you house people? He's never worried about the homeless before in his state. I mean, he just lets the Los Angeles scourge keep growing block by block by block. Why all of a sudden now is there a concern about having a place to house people? I think you're way ahead of me. We know what we're talking about, don't we? Does the number 19 mean to you? It should because this is what this is about. Now, what's interesting, let's go back in time for a moment. I began to notice in 2016, Jade Helm 16, I began to notice really odd architecture on reconstructed malls, retrofitted malls, and newly constructed malls. 
And then I did some research and I found out the largest owner of strip malls and malls in North America is a group called Simon Properties. And they had signed an agreement with DHS that basically said that in times of emergency, you can use our facility. And this is, by the way, malls are also in <laughs> Newsom's uh, executive order that can be commandeered. And I looked at that and I go, oh, that's odd. And then I started looking at shopping malls, new ones. And I kept noticing on the perimeter, there were guard towers. So I asked a couple architects who refused to go public because they go, Dave, I'd like to work again, but I'll give you my opinion. They're expensive. They're unsightly, unnecessary. Why are they there? Dave, you're the conspiracy theorist. You come up with it. I didn't have a conspiracy until I came across the Simon Properties Agreement with DHS, and then ding, the light went on, and I said, aha, they're going to house people there for some reason. Now, FEMA camp uh, detentions are a part of Rex 84 and, and subsequent legislation since then, since the 80s in this country, with the express purpose of housing a large influx of illegal immigrants into this country. Well, in the last five years, we've had two really large influxes of illegal immigrants. Really large. But we haven't housed anybody that we know of. So why is this so different? Well, this was part of the, we think, the Jade Helm exercise, which was preparing for the martial law takeover of America and all that that means. We're going to be exploring this a lot more on CommonSenseShow.com. And we're looking at now, I think, a problem related to incarceration that's much bigger than it's being let on. It's been suggested to me the reason that you'll be a carrier still can transmit. That's why that order made no sense to me. So I start asking questions. And, I... and if this goes down to the extent that it may go down, Trump is going to be on the spear tip of this. And the Patriots will be disarmed to a certain extent because they think he's in control. He wouldn't let anything bad happen to his constituents and his the people that voted for him but he's not on their side he's not he's part of the deep state they're two same they're two sides of the same wicked coin and he's going to be going along with all the vaccination he's going along with all the 5g he's trying to get it implemented as quickly as possible that's a major component of this thing and so don't you know for anybody out there that's listening to me the first time don't kid yourself into thinking trump's going to rescue you a couple medical people tell me Makes no sense either. Maybe they just want to keep the numbers for report low. And maybe this explains why Newsom's doing what he's doing. And maybe this better explains why we saw some of the anomalies that we saw in Jade Helm 15 and 16. It's time to start connecting the dots. That's it for the common sense. Okay, so we have that. Uh, all right, let's go further with what we're talking about today. On the same day, the governor of Colorado just declared also a state of emergency. I just saw last night Texas did they something about Texas declaring medical martial law. Last night a report broke about that. The important thing to realize is that medical martial law is coming to your city even if you don't believe the coronavirus is real. Martial law gets very real very fast and a person's opinion doesn't save them from the reality of a viral infection. Like, in other words, I don't believe it. It's not going to happen. Okay, well, that opinion is not going to protect you at all. And we're going to talk about that more later from a biblical standpoint. If you live in Washington, California, or New York, and you aren't already 
and you aren't ready to hunker down with a 30-day survival supply, you may already miss the boat. Lack of preparedness has consequences, and millions of Americans are about to experience those consequences firsthand. Current headlines just from today read, chaos to get back into the United States. There's, I mean, that's just a mess. People trying to get back into the United States. Um, panic, pandemic. I mean, every now when you go to Drudge, it's just the whole top of the page going down. It's just pure coronavirus reports. That's all you see. I've never seen one news headline so dominate the number one news aggregate in the world, which is Drudge, than the coronavirus. Which, again, I was totally mocked by, not my listeners, but by like when this, about a month, 50 days ago, when I went to some of my local friends in the in the area, I was either mocked or ignored when it and i was warning them i'm like i'm telling you guys heads up but i'm not going to say another word because um i'm just not going to i'm not going to waste my time and keep going and and i would i would kind of advise you to do the same because a lot of people are telling me oh yeah i'm trying to go and they're just dismissing it their other christian friends they're just dismissing it and um you know, I, I, I probably ought to get into that subject real quick regarding biblically, what is our what is our biblical obligation regarding something like this? Okay, so I'm just going to cover this real quick. Uh, this is going to be very scripturally heavy today uh, with a lot of, not, not like heavy, like depressing. I mean, just a lot of scripture today because there's a lot of things here. And yes, I know I've covered these before, but it's a lot of things that we need to be reminded of because I've had a lot of people say, Oh, nobody's listening to me. And I'm, I'm this and I'm, yeah, well, join the, join the club. What is your biblical obligation to warning others? All right. Let's just not even give my opinion. Let's just give you pure Bible verses. And then you can, you can sort this out. I think it's going to be pretty obvious though. Proverbs eighteen thirteen: He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame unto him. So when you have people coming up to you, and maybe you have had this for the last 60 days, I don't know, and they don't want to hear it, they've got it all figured out, well, it's a folly and a shame under them. They've answered a matter before they heard it. They, they're, so you don't really, in, in that particular case, you do not have a biblical obligation to keep going back to that person and blowing and wasting all this time. All you're going to do is really create an enemy that way, most likely. They're going to start, you know, despising you, most likely. Um, maybe not, but a lot of people will Galatians 4, 16. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Yes. Most of the time, when you tell somebody the truth, you will become their enemy. Most of the time, because people are in locked into their own paradigm. And if you tell them something that's outside that paradigm, you're the enemy. I'm just saying Proverbs 26, four answer, not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like him. Now there is a time to answer a fool according to his folly, and we're going to get into that next, but there, there's a time when you don't answer a fool, according to his folly, because this seemed to be, I remember when I was a, um, kind of a young Christian, I went to a, a, the pastor, and I said, um, the pastor at the uh, Baptist church I was at, and I said, I don't know, how do I reconcile Proverbs 26, 5 and 4, because Proverbs 26, 4 says, answer not a fool, according to his folly, lest thou be like him. But then Proverbs 26, 5 says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Okay. And here's the answer to that. There's a time, 
though, when the following two verses would apply, which would typically be at the beginning of a debate, meaning Proverbs 26.5 is when you, at the beginning of a debate, okay, you answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Because he could come up and say, yeah, well, what about this, this, and this, or whatever, and you have an answer for that. And if you don't answer him, he's going to be wise in his own conceit and go his merry way and think he's in the right. Okay, But if it's this big back and forth, this never-ending, wasting your time, he just wants to, or he or she just wants to appear smarter than you, or whatever their motivation is, then answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou be like him. Meaning, okay, we're just going to go back and forth forever. I stopped doing that a long time ago uh, with just endless debates and strifes, which the Bible says to stay away from. Anyway, uh, also Job 11.2, should not the multitude of words be answered? Now, this is when you would answer a fool according to his folly. Should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be justified? So there is a time when you engage, okay, if you're prepared. Now, maybe at first you're not prepared to be engaged. Well, then you go and you research it. Maybe research a biblical, maybe research whatever things are out there. And then you come back to them fully armed. Because sometimes, I mean, I'm, I've been in that position where I needed to go research something before I could actually answer them properly. So it depends on the situation, but typically at the beginning of a debate is when you answer them. And then once it gets into this back and forth and never ending thing, you don't continue to engage. Then the Bible says, Matthew 7, 6, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. Why? Lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. And again, remember what I said before about you don't want to just keep going back and doing this over and over again. Not only is it a tr tremendous waste of your time, but the Bible says, lest they trample them under your feet, meaning your pearls, you're giving them information that literally could save their life, okay, if they acted upon it. Well, that's like giving that which is holy under the dogs and casting your pearls before swine. That's how the Bible refers to it. And the reason you don't do that is lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you, okay? You become the big enemy. Um, and they go after you and that type of thing. Nehemiah 6.3. Here's another thing that I will bring up. Nehemiah 6.3. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Meaning they were trying to get Nehemiah off the wall so he would stop working on the wall to protect Jerusalem. Okay. He was doing this really, really God-ordained righteous thing. Okay. But they, Satan kept sending all these people to him to try to get him to stop doing the work of God, okay? Never ending, just harassing him and trying to just get him to stop. So I sent messengers, messengers unto, them, unto them that were trying to get me to stop the work, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down, meaning come down from the wall. Why should the work cease whilst I leave and come down to you? Something to think about, biblical applications there. And honestly, I, you know, that's a, that's a, man, when you start thinking about Nehemiah 6.3, that's, it's a pretty amazing verse, okay? Now, receiving biblical correction, this is also related to this, Proverbs 9.8, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee, rebuke, rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. So a wise man is typically is typically going to be a humble man because humility is and fear of the Lord is very much connected. And 
It's very hard to be a wise man and be proud. I don't see how you can do that before God. So wise men are typically humble. Um, when you rebuke a wise man, he will love thee. But if you reprove, it says reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Okay, so if we look at the biblical meaning of a scorner, if we go to Strong's um, Concordance, scorn, and, and in this particular vein, it means um, a scorner is somebody that is a boaster, um, a mocker, um, somebody that derides another person, prideful, that type of thing. Okay, so that's what that actually means from a biblical standpoint here. So if you know somebody like that, those they're not going to receive whatever you say anyway. It's, it's just, if you reprove them, they're going to hate you. Bible says not even to do it. Don't bother, okay? You rebuke, you rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. But you also go to such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. Meaning you don't go to them like, yeah, well, I got to tell you something, young man, or something like that, you know? You don't go to them that way, especially if they're an elder. The Bible talks about how you entreat an elder. So you go to them humbly, you go to them nice, and um, that's how you approach them. You're going to catch more flies with honey in that particular regard. I mean, if you were being approached and you were set in a particular paradigm and you were really set in your ways, most likely if somebody came to you real up in your face, you're not going to probably be receptive to it. Your first instinct most likely will be to fire back at them or your your walls and your defenses will go up and you're not going to receive anything else they're going to say okay then proverbs 13 1 a wise son heareth his father's instruction but a scorner heareth not rebuke so if you know somebody and they won't take instruction or anything from it will just classify them as a scorner a mocker somebody who's full of pride because they're not going to hear rebuke Proverbs 9, 7, he that reproveth a scorner. Now, I, I'm posting these, all, all these Bible verses in the PDF for this date. I have, for years, been compiling Bible verses and putting them into different categories. This is the category of receiving biblical correction. Okay, I've been, just like I've been compiling Word documents that I have now into the hundreds on different subjects, I've also been compiling Bible verses, and I have them all on different subjects that I've even color-coded and highlighted for you. So I, I'm, I'm posting that in the PDF for this date of March 16th, 2020. Um, so again, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Uh, Proverbs 9, 7. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. So in this particular case, if you know somebody that's just a flat out scorner, they know it all. You, you're not going to tell them nothing. Don't even bother. I mean, in that particular case, unless God convicts you, lest they be wise in their own conceit, I wouldn't even bother in that particular case. And if you're not sure, pray about it. If you're still not sure, pray and fast. Those are the best things I can tell you. Because you can't go wrong doing those two. So, he that reproveth a scorner giveth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man giveth himself a blot. So I typically don't even engage wicked people very much. You know, I'll, you know, if I have a witch that's trying to kill me and astral project into my house and 
you know, cut my head off or whatever they say they're going to do to me. Sure, let's go. Let's go. But I'm not, it's not going to, we're not going to get into it for endless debates going back and forth over weeks. It's probably going to be one or two exchanges. I don't want them to be wise in their own conceit. I don't want them to think I'm afraid of them. <laughs> no, I don't want that because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> because my God's way, way greater than anything they've got to bring to the table. <laughs> Oh, that makes me laugh. Anyway, um, not because I'm proud, just because it's just funny when I think about the Lord Jesus Christ that literally created and breathed the universes into existence, and they've got some little devil or demon they're going to try to whatever. Not to say I don't, I underestimate them either, but, you know, anyway. Um, so, re reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee, rebuke a wise man and he will love thee, Proverbs 9, 8. Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will yet be wiser. Teach a just man and he will, and he will increase in learning. Okay, so that's the difference. How do they receive the information? You know you're giving them truth. How does that person receive the information? How they receive the inf information actually determines on what category they fit into here. Are they of the scorner? Are they, are, are they of the mocker? Are they of the prideful category? Or are they of the wise man? A man of understanding? A humble man? Or in this case, a humble man or woman? So, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of cover that real quick. I haven't kind of recovered that. And a lot of people are running up against this right now with the coronavirus. And, you know, I've had a lot of people email me frustrated about it so i kind of wanted to give you those verses all right let's go further now um now we um let's see here i think we've got we new uh these are just current headlines yeah chaos getting back into the united states these are all the main reports on drudge uh panic pandemic world going on lockdown sick map newt gingrich he says plan for worst case scenario and he's a globalist New Gingrich says, I am in Italy amid the coronavirus crisis. America must act now and act big. And what that means is big brother is what he's talking about. Uh, he says it will require a World War II-like response. Now, if you haven't seen any documentaries on World War II, what we did in the homeland here, how almost every single citizen in America was required to make major sacrifices and do, I mean, they had their victory gardens. They were, they had to turn in like all the things that, that were of the implements of war, like spare rubber, spare metals, spare whatever, whatever they could spare. And even what they couldn't spare, they were, they were like basically told, okay, turn it into the whatever. And, and cause we've got to support the war effort or we're going to get overrun by, the the germans and, and the japanese that type of thing i mean it was when he says it will require a world war ii like response most people don't understand what that means i've watched enough documentaries to know that that's about as serious as it gets cuomo uh says mobilize the military which they are they are doing um all right so let's go further here trump retweets himself in the white house a photo of him fiddling says he doesn't know what it means though <laughs> if anyone else had tweeted a doctored photo of president trump playing the fiddle as the new coronavirus spreads throughout the united states and wreaks havoc on the u.s and global economies the white house would probably protest vociferously but when the white house social media director 
Dan Scavino tweeted vo- vociferously. Um, real quick. Okay. Dan Savino, sorry. Tweeted vociferously such a photo saying Trump's next tune is nothing can stop what's coming. Though Trump retweeted it with the message, who knows what this means, but it sounds good to me. Okay, in other words, sorry, that my 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 um my word doc got messed up there for a sec. So this White House social media director, Trump's White House media social director, Dan Savino, tweeted out a photo of Trump fiddling, okay, with the caption, my next piece is called, nothing can stop what's coming. I don't even know where to begin with this. My comment was, that's what Nero did when Rome burned. He was fiddling when Rome burned. Okay. His social media director puts out a tweet that shows Trump fiddling with a caption on it says, My next piece is called Nothing Can Stop What's Coming. Well, when Nero fiddled when Rome burned, you couldn't stop the fire. It was going to, you know, he didn't care, in other words. And Trump says, I don't know what it means, but it sure sounds good to me. He's a real historian, this one. He really, he knows his stuff. Or he should have at least consulted with somebody. But no, he gave it the big thumbs up. And then there was a comment, ironically, that read, Trump is trying to do his best. If it was Obama, he would now be playing golf with no clue of what to do. Give Trump a break. My comment to that was, it's funny you mentioned Trump not playing golf. As that's exactly what he was doing this last Sunday. And here's a report to it from Drudge. And it's entitled, Kramer Blast Trump, We Want Leadership, We Don't Want Golfing. And he was on the golf course at, at his, I think, Mar-a-Lago or near there, playing golf. It was the same time this picture came out, which says, my next piece is called Nothing Can Stop What's Coming. Now, some of the people were saying, oh, it's a Q drop. And the Q movement, because Trump, I mean, the the... Q is such a lie and a farce, and so is all these false prophets that are out there, like that Mark guy and any of the other uh, Jonathan Con job and all these other ones that are out there saying that Trump's, you know, playing 4D chess and he's 900 moves ahead of everybody. And that has been so debunked. They've lied so many stinking times, even before Trump got in office. I even did a study on this where we looked at some of the early Q posts. None of them came to pass, but it's almost like the people that are following the Q movement, and I don't mean to insult anybody, but it's like what the Bible says when a dog returns to his own vomit, okay? They keep going back over and over and over, no matter how many times these Q drops don't come to pass, and a lot of them are time dependent. If you were to go back and look at over all the Q drops over the last two years, even before Trump got elected, a lot of them were very time dependent, meaning the way that they were written, they had to occur within like a week or a day or a bare minimum a month. None of them have occurred. Trump's going to save us all. He's going to do this and he's going to do that. And we're, and we're all going to be saved. And, and look, Jonathan Conjob, the, the, the Christian false prophet, is saying that. And Mark Taylor, the other uh, Christian false prophet, and all these other false prophets are saying, oh, Trump's a mighty man of God. And he's got Paul White as his spiritual advisor who is 
couldn't be a big, bigger Jezebel whore in the, in the White House consulting Trump. Money-grubbing devils. Those are the ones that are saying all this, that Trump is this anointed man of God. Well, either you've got to believe what's obvious and you've got to look at the fruit of all of this, and God is not the author of confusion. If, these, if this was all of God, all of Mark Taylor's prophecies would have come, all of Jonathan Conjob's prophecies would have come down, all of whatever Paula White's saying and all these other televangelists are saying about Trump would have already come to pass. But what I'm showing you are facts, what Trump is doing in the last, particularly since he's been, and really the last year in particular, all of the really, really wicked stuff he's been doing. Satan has been using him mightily for the rollout of 5G. He's going to be using him mightily for pushing vaccines down our throats. And, and why isn't Trump saying everybody needs to be getting on looking at what China's doing with vitamin C, how they're showing that that might be all you even need to beat the coronavirus. Granted, I understand they're doing IV, but if you combine the vitamin C, if you're taking steady state doses, like every two hours, like 2000 milligrams, and you're combining it with selenium, and you're combining it with zinc, and you're combining it with D3, and you're by, combining it with colloidal silver, then you're gonna get better probably results even with their IV garbage, which is GMO synthetic ascorbic acid that they're putting into the body which I'm never going to tell you to do. And who, who's going to have access to intravenous IV therapy? It's going to be like, yeah, I'm sure that everybody will be able to get that. No, nobody will be able to get it because you won't be able to get it. You're going to have to be your own medic. You're going to have to be your own MD, as we've talked about. Why, why isn't Trump talking about the natural stuff that you could do? No, just get your hand sanitizer, which is horrific to put on your body. I've done reports on how bad the hand sanitizer is for you. Um, the only time I would believe using that stuff would be okay is if you already were wearing latex gloves. Then, then okay, I can get it. But I like the Thieves one with maybe some colloidal silver in there because I just, you know, it's a better way to go. It's natural and you're going to kill all the germs. He's not doing any of that though. He's not sealing the borders. That was the main, that was the main thing of, of his whole campaign promises. Build that wall. There's been no wall built. The only the only wall that's been built is mostly replacement wall with some yes new wall by it. But now we're like almost you know four years in here. He was it was never their intention to be more more legal aliens have come over here under Trump's term than than Obama ever hoped for more than any other president before him. But because he's Mister, how he represents himself to be. I'm I'm the big conservative. I'm the Christian. I'm all, he, he's never he's told people that he's never even asked for forgiveness from God when he's asked point blank about it. How could he possibly be saved? How could he be this anointed man of God? How is that? I must have missed that one in the Bible. Because I could have swore you had to repent and confess your sins and believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and paid for your sin debt on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, believing on that and nothing else. Trump's never even asked for forgiveness of anything. Wow. I mean, he must have a new path to heaven that I just don't know about, you know? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can really think about Trump. He's a Kabbalist. He's a practicing Kabbalist and has admitted that in his own books. I've given you the quotes. Ivanka wears the red string. Marla Maples, his ex-wife, wears the red string. Ivanka's grand, uh, daughter wears those red, the, the, the Kabbalah red strings. It, Jared Kushner is a, is a practicing Shabbat Lubavitch and Ivanka's converted to that religion and even changed her name to J uh, J like Javanka or something as a result of it. 
They're high-level practicing witches in Jewish Kabbalah mystery religion stuff. Jared Kushner is a candidate for the Antichrist. I'm not saying he is the Antichrist, but he's, he's a candidate. He's got the bloodline. So you've got all this stuff going on here, but Trump's a good guy. Trump's been bailed out by all of these different um, corrupt Illuminati banking families. The Rothschilds, on I don't know how many different occasions, he's been bailed out by them. They own him lock, stock, and barrel. The Wade Madsen report that got into how he had raped all those children and the families and where it occurred and how much they paid the families. Nobody's ever refuted that report, ever. I've got the whole report. I put it out many, many times in my things. Nobody will even talk about that. Nobody in alternative media will talk about how he's done that. He was Jeffrey Epstein's wingman. They were with each other over and over and over. Epstein recruited from Marlago, Trump's estate, to get underage girls so that he could bring them in and turn them into, like, prostitutes. He recruited from Trump's Marlago, which was literally like, it's like a stone's throw away. Live right next to him, basically. Epstein did. But I'm sure Trump is this man of God for this appointed time and anointed of God. And yeah, there's no red flags at all. None. None at all. Another listener or another comment about this read, there are many agents still loyal to Trump. He does not have a lack of intelligence reporting. It is some of the best in the world. The USG knew a couple of months ago how dangerous this disease was, and there was no reason why the many loyal agents would keep this from the administration. Don't forget, these are the same people that believed in the Q thing. And, and Q's, were, he's posting more than ever on that, um, before it's news, good old Glenn Kennedy, the Christian, Glenn Kennedy, that has pornography pictures in one part of the website, and then he's got Bible verses in the other part, and then Bible studies too. I love it love it the, the, the combination is just perfect you know it's just it, it doesn't send it doesn't bring a reproach to the cross of christ it, it doesn't it, it, no no non-christian is gonna knock him uh, mock him as a christian just because he's got pornographic images on before it's news and he's got bible verses and bible studies there too i mean i guess he thinks one offsets the other okay i've, I've emailed him about this you know i guess he doesn't care you know Oh, just, I love what's just the new normal now among Christianity. Hey, we'll commingle pornography with, with cutting edge alternative news and Bible verses. It'll all offset in the end. Come on. Why don't you just lighten up? You know? Yeah. What does it matter? Anyway, um, he goes on to say, don't forget these are the same people that believed in Q and his ragtag group of Patriot agents. In the end, Trump has consistently shown he has access to good intel. I mean, he has access to it, but he acts like he doesn't, in other words. Trump is a globalist. He feigns action, and the Republicans will believe anything sold to them from the government, just like the Democrats will. Two sides of the same wicked coin. The New World Order is about to strike you and your loved ones, yet you still believe that, that an outsider like Trump, the supposed outsider who is surrounded by a shocking amount of occult symbolism and, and deep state agents that he put in place around him, because he put them, he appointed them around him, the deep state ag agents that are there, okay? That we're expected to believe this outsider Trump is trying real hard, though, to save the day. Any second he's going to come through and we're all going to be in some type of Nirvana-like, you know, paradise system 
that um, he goes after the bad guys and there's 9 billion um, whatever, uh, what are those, sealed indictments ready to go any second. They're going to get nasty Pelosi and all the other cadre of evil, wicked people. And yeah, right. He'd have to get himself too. Trump would. Jesus was right when he said his people perish because of lack of knowledge. Maybe you'll understand once the government finally lets you eat your cake. But I guess that can't be Trump's fault because they have tied him up in the basement, right? Yeah, because he's trying, but he's tied up in the basement, thrashing around, having a seizure, basically. He wants to do the right thing. He just can't. He just can't. Come on. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 24, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Most of the people that are saved right now are deceived. Most people that call themselves Christians are totally 100% deceived. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect or I'm better than anyone else. I'm just stating a fact from what I see. Because most people are believing the official narrative. If you go to a 501c3 church in America, you're not going to hear what I'm telling you right now. Most likely. You may, but doubtful. Very, very, very doubtful. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Most people that call themselves Christians and otherwise are, Satan has an advantage over them because they are totally ignorant of his devices. That's why this ministry exists, because we're trying to contend for the truth. Going further, the Lancet. Uh, which is like you know, one of the most esteemed medical journals. This is what they're admitting to. Global case fatality. Okay, A new study in the Lancet entitled Real Estimates of Mortality Following COVID-19 Infection finds that the global death rate from the coronavirus is settling in at around 5.7%. So if you contract it, there's a 5.7% chance you will die. Now, um, that's what the medical industry is admitting to so you think it might be worse than that because typically they're going to always underblow these statistics from what i've seen the study warns that the mortality rate of covid19 could be as high as 20 percent in wuhan the epicenter of the outbreak well is that why they would have brought in those crematorium trucks that were running 24 7 that could accommodate you know so many bodies per day and why it was raining black rain everywhere because of all the, the, the soot and stuff put up into the atmosphere by all the cremated bodies. You see those reports? Those are firsthand. There's people showing their windshields are like black driving. And they were, they were in Japan, meaning the cloud was moving over them, evidently. This is consistent with what we already know about what happens when local hospital beds get overrun and patients no longer have access to critical care. The death rate skyrockets to 10 to 20%. So... For the people, there won't be there won't be the hospital beds because the hospitals will be overrun. And for those that need a ventilator and ICU care, the death rate skyrockets if you can't get care. Now, also though, these are the people that are doing no nutrition at all. They're totally relying on the satanic medical system to save them. Um, that is a big mistake. So that's your average person, though, that's doing nothing else because the government is saying, well, don't do anything else. You got the only your only hope you got is waiting for a vaccine to come and social distancing and washing your hands a lot. You know, there's none of that other garbage. I mean, your immune system. What is that? That's stupid. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. What's an immune system? Don't you understand that, that the only hope that any of us have are vaccines? And that's always been that way. 
I mean, before Jesus was here? Adam and Eve, that's the only way they had any kind of, once they sinned, didn't you know that? When, when they sinned and then sin entered in and then everything started getting tainted? Well, of course they had their vaccine centers back there in the Garden of Eden, right after they got out of the Garden of Eden. It's the only way they survived is, is, is this artificial immunity imparted by the vaccines. What, what did we do before them? We, there's never been a before vaccines. They were always here from the Garden of Eden on, obviously. It's the only way we've ever been able to actually fight anything off throughout humanity's history. It's, it's an established fact, right? No, it's all a lie, but you know, that's how they act. I'm saying that to dramatize and to give you some sarcasm because that's how they're acting. They're not talking about boosting your own immune system at all. They're not talking about zinc or selenium or D3 or calcium or, or elderberry or any of the other things that you could be doing, the colloidal silver, the vitamin C. They're not talking about any of that. No, they're all they want to do is focus in on a vaccine and act like the other stuff is just junk science. Why? Because they're of their father, the devil, and of his works and of his lust, they will do. They love death and they want you to die. That's why. Sorry, I'm being really blunt tonight, but at the end of the day, the people behind all this want mass world depopulation. That's what they want. First, New World Order commandment, okay, of the 10 commandments of the New World Order, the Georgia Guidestones, reduce world population to 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. 500 million is, you know, we're approaching a 95% reduction of world population. So they got to get there somehow. And those are the people that are the ones that are in charge of providing all this information. And Trump's one of them. Don't kid yourself. Providing you with all this information on how to battle this stuff. So again, when you go to Satan to get your remedy, don't expect a good result. And that's what happens when you go to the government and act like they're going to all of a sudden start being good, responsible people and they really care about you. They don't. Get ready. 10 new predictions covering what will happen in America over the next 12 weeks due to the coronavirus. Uh, Mike Adams just came out with this last night. 10 predictions of things to come. Plan accordingly. The hospitals in New York City will shortly become completely overrun. Math, mass death will follow. The entire city of New York is probably less than 30 days away from cascading uh, collapse of hospitals, followed by widespread chaos and math, mass death. Not long after the New York uh, City hospital system collapses, the Seattle system will collapse, followed by San Francisco. The dead and dying will literally spill out onto the streets. Now, um, I just saw this report last night regarding, kind of regarding that subject. So there's, um, I just saw this report last night. New York, New York City 911 is being deluged with calls for ambulances from people claiming a family member or a friend just collapsed in their home or apartment. They just collapsed. Okay, so um, now they're saying they just collapsed in their home or apartment. Many of the callers mentioned coronavirus. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo moments ago confirmed at least another 115 cases of COVID-19 in New York City, bringing the statewide total to 613 and that's of last night i don't know what it is now doctors from three separate new york city hospitals told me moments ago everyone is infected all hell is breaking loose it's already out of control uh he goes on to say if you are in new york with plans to bug out you should do so now bunker down now uh, now when i hear them collapsing what i really think about is where have you seen that most majorly 
A lot of it was in Wuhan, which is where they had more 5G base stations than any other place on the planet, trying to roll out 20,000 before the end of last year. That was when the outbreak started, right before the completion of all the 5G base stations. We're also going to talk about another factor that all the people of Wuhan were vaccinated in the summer as well. That's another factor. So um, the 5G may have a really, really big impact on people just collapsing and dropping dead. It's a component that's strengthening the coronavirus, but it's not the only component. Meaning it's like a multifaceted way they're trying to kill people. Where just one thing can't be blamed. So here's another update I'm just reading here. And um, it's about an emergency meeting that Trump had. And the CDC was talking to him. And they they brought up another um, problem to Trump that I'm going to also be covering today. Which is food. A. Crops. Last year saw major and long-term flooding throughout the Midwestern U.S. And we reported on that over and over which caused farmers to plant crops very late in the season because the ground was too wet to plant earlier. And then we had that early winter that came in. I mean, that was the coldest fall I'd ever experienced. Hottest summer, coldest fall, and most mild winter. We just got out of, at least for us, where we're at in North Carolina. Um, Caused the farmers to plant crops very late in the season. And then the winter came super early. Uh, That meant the growing season started very late last season and they didn't get hardly any crops. At harvest time, as approached the same mist, Midwestern U.S. saw an early arrival of winter. Early freezes killed much of the crops while they were still on the ground. Okay, so that means that there was a horrible harvest last year. That's a fact. Okay, this is an opinion. Then, no, then the second point, cattle. The flooding which hit the, which hit the Midwestern U.S. drowned over 1 million head of food cattle last year. Also a fact. This drama- drastically reduced the uh, available stocks of beef. C, poultry. Chickens and turkey encountered both Various bouts of low pathogen bird flu, which killed many and forced owners to euthanize flocks. Pork. Pigs encountered the swine flu, causing many... I mean, I thought it was like a third of all the pig population worldwide died from that? Or some unbelievable number? Shortage of certain fruits and vegetables started showing up uh, in grocery stores around November. Now with the outbreak of coronavirus and Americans stocking up the drastically reduced food supply is, well, there's no nice way to say this. It's running out. Uh, let's see. The sources went on to prove that the availability of food is the actual actual problem and not the ability to get existing supplies to market. They explain. Trucking companies barely have any freight to move. Thousands in the industry are being laid off. Even top carriers like FedEx are laying off drivers for lack of freight. If the trouble with food was getting existing supplies to market... The trucking industry would be humming right along and hiring more drivers, but the reverse is taking place. Thus, the trouble is not getting existing food to market. The trouble is there's very little food left. If you've watched the Ice Age Farmer, the guy on YouTube, I mean, every single report, that's all he talks about. This dynamic that's going on. We're going to talk about that soon as well. Because there's nothing to transport. Sources also told me the CEOs with whom the president spoke on Sunday warned him if the public starts to realize there's not enough food, the run they're making on the system right now will be nothing compared to what they will start doing. There will be panic in the streets. You'll have to put tanks and troops at supermarkets to stop the swarms of people. Mike Adams just broke a report on this that we're going to cover very soon. Okay, so we're going to be covering a lot tonight. It's not going to be a one-part teaching. There's no way I can make it that short tonight. Yesterday, the Wall Street Journal published a story about the empty shelves in stores nationwide. In the article, 
The newspaper quoted grocery executives and the particular section and quote was very unreeling. And this was from the Wall Street Journal. Across the country, lines to get into stores snaked around corners, checkout times stretched as long as an hour, and whole aisles were rendered bare this week as companies told more workers to stay home and schools began to cancel classes. They just canceled school here, what, for two weeks? Okay. Did you, Taylor, did you know that? Okay. Um, food companies have been preparing for greater demand, but the surge was higher and faster than expected executive said we don't know how to anticipate for that said susan moore's chief operating officer at albertson's the nation's second largest grocer she said the company spent the last two weeks adding extra stock at more than 2200 stores but you get to the point in time where products are simply not available honestly it's what's happening to me too i'm getting so many orders regarding like what's going on i can't even i can't keep up I mean, I'm just, the fact that I can even do a study today, I have to just literally just lay everything aside and just devote and look at this because I'm being deluged and I'm grateful, but I'm being buried in that. Um, so I kind of, I understand what's going on because I'm seeing it firsthand. Okay, so I'm going back to the main report, 10 new predictions covering what will happen in America over the next 12 weeks. Due to the coronavirus, we already covered the hospitals will completely be overrun. Two, the intensity of the desperation among the unprepared masses will soon shift from the scared stage to the violent stage. The fistfights and stabbings we're already seeing in re retail stores just over toilet paper will soon and water and stuff like that will soon escalate to shootings and then gang-style armed organized looting, much like an armed flash mob. Three, we will soon see entire cities on lockdown in the United States or possibly just all major roads nationwide. Now, I'm hearing a lot about that, about major roads being locked down. One way or another, tens of millions of Americans are about to be ordered to essentially shelter in place. This will result in lawless chaos in cities like Los Angeles, of course, and infected people will be sent home, resulting in horrifying law enforcement staffing shortages, which will ultimately plunge some cities into the kind of chaos that can only be managed by the National Guard troops and the Blue Hats, most likely, the United Nations, and mandatory curfews. Four, unless the roads are totally locked down within six to eight weeks, that's kind of a long time range, many people in the cities will begin to flee those cities and swarm rural areas, desperately seeking food, water, medicine, and shelter. This will be a human locust wave of unprepared leftists who just a month ago were mocking rural preppers as rednecks and kooks, my advice, guard your preps with your life because obvious liberals aren't coming to your community to act with anything resembling moral or ethics. They're coming to loot, steal, and pillage because beware of the knock on the door with a small child in the doorway who's crying and asking for help. The moment you open your door, there's a gun in your face or a round coming your way 200 yards away, uh, meaning from a sniper. Who is considered, which is considered short range for any experienced shooter, by the way. It's the oldest trick in the book. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Five, the run on guns and ammo will expand into runs on communication and radios, binoculars, and other second tier prepper items. Right now, most people are thinking toilet paper or guns. In another week, they will be thinking that thinking will expand to far more divisive ranges of preparedness items. Even things like fishing poles and water filters. By the way, did you ever get that night vision monocular you were looking at last year? It sure would be a good time to own some high-end night vision devices. Well, that's not optional for everybody, obviously, but yeah. 
Uh, six, as I predicted in an earlier story, some Amazon fulfillment warehouses will also undergo lockdown in certain regions, namely Seattle, San Francisco, New York City, Boston, Virginia, Denver, etc. This means people who rely on Amazon deliveries will be out of luck unless Trump declares Amazon to be critical infrastructure for the nation. But if he does that, he should also declare Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to be critical infrastructure and order them to stop banning the independent media voices that predicted all this in the first place again trump's done nothing to protect them he's done nothing to protect his base from all the censorship that's happened which just shows you ultimately whose side he's really on okay uh it might be a great time to arrest the criminal ceos of the tech giants seize their domain names or restore the first amendment yeah he sounds like you know he's he's drinking the kool-aid sorry i just made that up but kool-aid because Mike Adams still to a certain extent thinks that, you know, Trump's this good guy and in the end he'll do the right thing. And no, he's not going to. It's not going to happen. Okay. Um, but I get what he's saying here, but it's not going to happen. Okay. So restore the First Amendment to America under the banner of restoring the free flow of information to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. Seven, it's very likely Trump will declare the UPS, FedEx, and the United States Postal Service to be critical infrastructure to keep them rolling, although it's not clear what exactly they will be shipping if warehouse and distribution hub workers can't come to work and fill the trucks with anything. This relates to Amazon fulfillment production. Uh, it also brings up the question of grocery stores. Who will work at the food distribution hubs that fill the delivery trucks that supply the grocery chains. Anchorage Daily News actually published a, good, a really good story on that exact topic, and here's what it said, part in part. The companies that feed America provide basic staples are bracing for labor shortages as the coronavirus pandemic intensifies, which could leave them without enough workers to manufacture, deliver, or, and unpack groceries in stores in the coming months. As the virus spreads, supermarkets and distribution facilities face a difficult choice. How to keep shelves stocked with essentials while keeping their workers safe. 8. A sort of related prediction to the one above is that some long-haul truckers will refuse to drive into high infection zones. Oh, I could see that definitely being the case. Meaning deliveries of food, fuel, medicine, and other supplies will cease. 9. People who are on prescription medications and who take flu shots will die in much larger numbers because medications strip your body of the essential minerals. Now, also, people that are in the 5G zones because the coronavirus is designed to work with 5G in order to kill you a lot quicker. So if you're in the city in a 5G zone, okay, and you've gotten all your shots and you're on a whole bunch of medications which lower your immune system, which gum up your liver, which just, you know, it's pharmacia. Okay? It's drugs. You can't drug your body into good health. They will die in much larger numbers because medications strip your body of essential minerals like zinc and magnesium and, and nutrients like antioxidants that your body needs to fight the coronavirus. The flu shots weaken your immune system, making you more susceptible to respiratory infections. Thus, we are about to witness a global moment of mass culling of the pharma junkies and the vaccine addicts. Consider it a global IQ test. And if you take the flu shot every year, you're too stupid to pass the test. Now, I don't like calling people stupid, okay, like that. But Mike Adams has more of a cutting way of reading things. So I'm not coming down on anybody that's got a flu shot. I mean, you might not have known or whatever. I get it. Okay, but that's the way he puts it. Trust me, that's exactly how Bill Gates views the masses. The whole thing is an engineered event to rid the world 
to rid the world of what globalists call useless eaters. These are ones that have not done their homework, meaning, okay? And they think vaccines are good, and they think pharmaceuticals are good, and they think that Coke and Pepsi and Cheeto and Cool Ranch Doritos and all the other fast food and stuff is good. You know, if you're doing a lot of that stuff, you know, it's not good for your body. Um, this would probably include at least half the people you know. 10. The United States of America, as we know today, will not survive the next two years. Something will change the landscape in a dramatic way. Either a geopolitical breakup of the nation, the suspension of elections following a civil war, a foreign invasion of the U.S. during our summer of chaos that we're heading into, or similar events that will end the nation as we know it. Already, we must ask, does the federal government have any capacity to get anything done at all? If the CDC can't even make test kits available to test for the disease with a $6.5 billion budget, we must all begin to ask whether we would be better off if the entire federal government just ceased to exist. It serves very little purpose other than to steal our money from taxpayers and lie to us about what it's doing with our money. Yes, very, very true. I mean, what did the Pentagon go missing, right? Like the day before 9-11? Like three trillion or something? I don't know what it was. I mean, trillion, not billion, trillion. Oh, but that's fine. We're just supposed to, we, but you better pay your IRS taxes, which not one dime of it goes to run in this country. That, that was determined back by the Grace Commission in the 80s under Ronald Reagan. They determined not one dime of what you pay to the IRS goes to run in this country, but it's solely absorbed on the interest on the federal debt which they created basically by printing money out of thin air, which started all the way back in 1913 in the Federal Reserve Act. And then they took us off the gold standard, and then they took us off the silver standard, and now there's nothing back in the money. It's all fake that they print. So now what they're doing is they're injecting more fake money into the system, which further dilutes any cash that you've got. I mean, the government's pure wicked evil. That's all I can really say. Sure, we understand, and I'm not saying everybody in government's pure wicked evil, I'm just saying the government by and large, at, you know, is, is evil. We Sure, we understand the importance of, the, of national defense when facing global enemies like Russia and China, but no informed person has any faith remaining in the CDC, the FDA, or even the Trump administration's handling of this exploding epidemic. Even now, Trump is saying that people who show no symptoms won't be tested. Um, and then he goes to say... Um, for the record, about 25% of all corona infection vic, uh, infections come from people who show no symptoms. So if you don't test those people, you might as well just condemn the whole country to get infected. That seems to be the federal government's current strategy for a kind of national suicide. The bottom line, prepare to hunker down for an extended period of time. If you still live in a high-density city, prepare for the zombie apocalypse of homeless addicts who can no longer get their fix. Expect the pharmacies to be looted and gutted almost immediately. I should have made that prediction number um, 11. If you can depend on any critical medications, it might be a good idea to try to get everything you can that's legal to get an extra supply. Okay, so there's that. So, um, then I added this in. What the Bible says about trusting in your own heart, opinion, or man apart from God. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So a lot of people, especially like, for instance, when this all started, they're like, there's nothing to any of this. We've seen this before. It's, it's nothing's going to happen or whatever. Well, it seems right. Most people think they're, they're good people and they're better than the next guy. So obviously they'll go to heaven, that type of thing. That's, that's what I'm, we're talking about. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
Proverbs 28, 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Now, trusting in your own heart apart from God is what it's really talking about here. Okay, because I'm not saying your heart will always deceive you. If you're led of the Lord, no. But, so understand, there's a, there's a caveat there. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Proverbs 28, or Proverbs 18, 2. Um, hold on here. Okay, sorry, I had to make a small correction there. Proverbs 18, 2. A fool hath no delight in understanding. Okay, so... Kind of relates to some of the other verses we were talking to before. Uh, Proverbs 16, 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. So, when, I mean, you've, I'm sure you've encountered people that, you know, they have their own belief system. It's totally unbiblical. It's, it's just some opinion they've created. My parents were like that for most of their life, up to the very end. And, all the ways of a man are clear. In their own eyes, they were doing good. They were pretty good with God. They were, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. When you're not led of God, when you're full of pride, typically, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm better than next guy. So that's just the normal state of humanity, typically. Jeremiah 17, 5, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. So you got to be real careful who you're putting your trust in. Don't put your trust in man. Because the Bible says you're bringing a curse on yourself. And these are the people that go around and like worship their televangelists or their pastors like they can do no wrong. And they're teaching all this unbiblical stuff. Well, you're blind. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. That's what the Bible says about men or women like that. But they seem so sincere. Oh. Of whom a man has overcome, the same he's brought into bondage. But those chains you can't see. They're invisible. So, you know, be really careful about that. So, this next video, Mike Adams just came out with, To those who mocked preppers, your day of a reckoning has arrived. Now, I'm not saying any of this so I can gloat. But I think he brings up some good points here. Okay, I'm just going to go X out of some things here. News and survival.news, guns.news, and really hundreds of other websites. I've been an independent publisher for 20 years, and this entire time I've been very open and very public about preparing for the collapse of society. And now, on the verge of this global pandemic exploding across every city in the United States and potentially leading to millions of infections in the U.S., according to certain models, which are now even being studied by the Department of Defense. We've now arrived at this moment where those who did not prepare are just about to explode with panic. For all these years, it's been, I guess, fun for non-preppers to mock people who plan ahead. People like myself and millions of others who stored extra food. In fact, I run a massive international food manufacturing facility. It's called healthrangerstore.com, and we buy food by the tens of tons. I'm also a food scientist, published scientist. I run an ISO accredited analytical laboratory specializing in heavy metals and pesticide analysis. 
It's a multi-million dollar laboratory facility. I'm the science director and the founder of it. I'm the author of a book called Food Forensics. I know more about food contamination than most people living today. Not all of them, but most. And just to give you a little more of my resume, to qualify myself for what I'm about to say here, I've undergone extensive combat training, firearms training, long-range shooting, tactical engagements, and I've also trained police officers in Arizona and soldiers who are about to go overseas in edge weapons defense as well. Uh, bottom line is I'm a food scientist, I'm a prepper, I'm a firearms expert in terms of deploying weapon systems. And yet, I don't feel like I'm prepared enough for this coronavirus pandemic. And it's been fun, I think, for a lot of people out there to mock preppers. National Geographic even did a whole series on it called Doomsday Preppers. Mostly the show was all about depicting preppers as lunatics who live in shipping containers and have canned food and stockpiles of ammunition and biological warfare suits. Well, guess what? In the context of what we're seeing right now with this pandemic, those doomsday preppers now look like geniuses because they're prepared and most people are not. They've got food and ammo. They're living off grid. They've got solar panels and rainwater collection. They grow their own herbs and in some cases their own food and their own home gardens. They're away from the cities, just as we see the cities are going to be where the pandemic spreads the quickest. They are self-reliant in a time when the average American depends entirely on their next paycheck just to survive. When the average American depends on FEMA to save them because they've lost any sense of self-reliance or redundant backup supplies. The average American can no longer survive away from the system. They've become part of the system. They've become dependent on that system. And that system is about to fail. I see it as we are ordering commercial quantities of food and other supplies for our own online retail operations, the supply lines are collapsing. The average American has not yet come to realize what that means because they don't know where things come from. They don't know how things are made. Non-preppers or people who mock preppers have a false idea about the world. They think the world is redundant when in fact the world is prone to failure. It has been structured this way for a very long time which is why many of us have been preppers for such a long period of time, because we could see this was coming. The global banking system is about to come tumbling down. JP Morgan just alerted its employees that they're going to have to work from home. And that's the investment side of the company, not retail banking. But you can imagine what's going to happen to the financial sector when everybody's ordered home, because isolation is the only way to stop the spread of this pandemic. What's going to happen when workers are not allowed to show up at the water treatment plants? or the grocery stores, or the coal-fired power plants, or the fuel refineries, or border patrol, or law enforcement first responders. What's going to happen when those first responders get infected because they are among the first and there are already 27 firefighters under quarantine in Washington state? As these first responders get infected, some will die. Most now, this just broke <clears throat> on Alex Jones. Global exclusive Trump to announce interstate travel bans as early as tonight. Experts inside federal government have confirmed to InfoWars exclusively that Trump has already decided to declare martial law. Turn, tune in now. Now, I, I saw this on Hal Turner last night, and I'm, I'm reluctant to just put anything Hal Turner puts out there, but I, I will say he's been pretty much ahead of the curve of this all along. Say what you want about Hal Turner, but he's kind of been ahead of everybody else on this. Has everything he said come to pass? Just, no, it hasn't. But 
Alex Jones has been very conservative on this particular subject. Mike Adams has been a lot more aggressive on this. Hal Turner has been the most aggressive. Okay, but somewhere in the middle is typically where it's fallen with with those three opinions. And I'm not saying that's the only place I want to get news. It's one of the many. As long as you can verify, and a lot of times it's very easy to verify if there's something out there, you know. But yeah, um, uh, Alex Jones breaks down President Trump's decision to implement an interstate uh, travel ban as early as this evening, according to experts inside Pentagon and White House and the latest escalation against coronavirus outbreak. Meanwhile, guest host Tom Pappert covers latest travel ban measures from China and Europe in addition to local governments. So, I mean, like I said, guys, I don't know when this will be our last broadcast because how quickly this is going to escalate into some type of internet lockdown, I don't know. Maybe it won't. Maybe we'll be able to do broadcast on the internet. But I know that the people that are behind Trump do not want the truth getting out. They don't want you to know about any alternative remedies. Uh, they're already going after Jim Baker with what he was claiming, like his colloidal silver could whatever cure it, uh, the coronavirus and stuff like that. They're already doing that. They're already going after those companies. So I, I don't know. It, it's it's a lot to pray about. I, we and we do um, we do really appreciate your prayers. I just wanted to kind of say that before I went any further. Will live, but they'll have to live under quarantines that could last many weeks. And if they come back to work, they might have a reinfection because this zombie virus, this coronavirus, comes back even after you've been cleared. So you'll have a resurgence in infections in some individuals after they've been cleared to return to work. And they will reinfect the other police officers or the other National Guard troops or the other military soldiers who share enclosed spaces. And in fact, speaking of enclosed spaces, it's not just submarines and military barracks, it's also nursing homes and schools and malls and theaters and corporate offices. It's airplanes and buses and trains and subways. It's public transportation. It's your Uber vehicle. It's a shared space at a time when the coronavirus can spread through the air and can survive on surfaces for up to nine days and remain viable and infectious. Shared vessels include elevators and subway handrails and doors to corporate offices and the list goes on and on this coronavirus if it were easy to contain it would have been contained already in Wuhan China over a month ago we were told don't worry this will stop in China it won't affect us in the United States you have nothing to worry about it won't get to Europe it won't get to Canada it won't get to Australia well guess what happened just as I predicted, just as I warned, it spread to all the major cities of China, and then it spread to Asia. It infected South Korea, it infected Japan, and Singapore, and Thailand, and Taiwan, and Malaysia, Hong Kong. It's in India, it's in Egypt, it's in Iran, it's exploding all over Iran, and it's in sub-Saharan Africa, which should give any rational person who knows anything about culture and geography significant cause for alarm. This entire time, you have been lied to. You've been lied to by the WHO. You've been lied to by the CDC. You've been lied to by the mainstream media. You've been lied to by the tech giants and their censorship brigade that very quickly shut off all real discussion about this pandemic. The only voices that have told you the truth are voices like mine, independent media, lifelong preppers, real patriotic Americans, Christians who value life, 
who want to protect your life, or at least teach you how to protect yourself. And I have not even dared talk publicly about where this goes because the numbers would cause most people to panic. So I've been downplaying it. Everything I've said is a best case scenario because the worst case scenario is not just a 2% death rate across America. The worst case scenario is the collapse of complex societies. The collapse of complex societies can only be understood when you dig into the structure and the fragile nature of current advanced societies that depend on complex supply lines, logistics, and expertise specialization. Complex societies are highly vulnerable to collapse because they lack redundancies and the simple grassroot kind of skill set that used to exist primarily when we were an agrarian society and still exists today in some less developed nations such as Papua New Guinea, which will probably weather this pandemic just fine. But complex societies depend on maximizing efficiencies through non-redundant single source supply chains and centralization of resources in order to maximize efficiencies through economies of scale. So we have achieved the best price in society by outsourcing manufacturing to China through single source supply lines. And in doing so, we have made ourselves vulnerable to a collapse of those supply lines. And that's exactly what we are about to experience in a way that most people have never even begun to imagine. And it is informed people who now stand to survive this. Those who mocked preppers are about to face a day of reckoning. Those people will one day soon discover that they have no food, they have no medicine, they have no antiviral herbs, they don't know how to grow their own medicine, they don't know how to make hand sanitizer, they don't know how to make colloidal silver, which is the simplest thing in the world. I don't mean to sound condescending. Now he's, he's talking about the generator type of silver that, I mean, I wouldn't use it for COVID-19. Uh, I mean, if that's all you had, okay. I'm not saying don't use it, but it's the kind that's very unstable. It doesn't have a very, the molecular size is all over the, the gamut. Um, it's the kind, if you drink, you know, 8 to 16 ounces a day, it will turn you gray. Uh, I've met people that did that. But um, there's a lot, when you say the word colloidal silver, there's, that's, I mean, you've got the bottom end of the spectrum, the kind you make with a generator, and then, like, I believe the top end you have, like, in five miles of a protein, which is, you know, the, the strongest and most stable you can get as at least a 25-year shelf life, that type of stuff. So, again, I, I think when you say the word colloidal silver, you need to kind of, like, make more of a, <laughs> of a long-standing, okay, this is what encompasses that statement. Although sometimes I come across that way, it's just that, I consider these basic adult skills. I think every adult should know how to grow food, how to make medicine, how to treat a wound, how to repair a firearm, how to reload a firearm. Every adult should know how to do math, should know the basics of science, of infectious disease, history, medicine, culture. And yet we live in a time when our culture now teaches our youth how to be specialists in victimhood and transgenderism, yes. progressivism, virtue signaling, and other similar nonsense. Yeah, see, these are the important things that we, we major on minors and minor on majors. You know, we got to worry about all the, the, the transgender's rights that they can go into a bathroom and look underneath the stall at your little girl going to the bathroom. That their rights trump anything else. That's all that really matters. Any kind of wicked, evil demographic 
that has any kind of say pro-abortion or transgenders or those their rights trump all of our rights and we need to major on that those subjects while we minor on like the stuff we're going to be facing right now with the coronavirus that's what we need to do and that's what our that's what the uh, modern day school systems have that's the type of student they're churning out they've bred those types of minds that you know the whole entitlement mentality and their victims and especially if you're a minority hate the hate the white man in particular because he is the source of all evil and i mean hey all you got to do is turn on the tv every just about every commercial just about every tv show either has a white man portrayed as an idiot or a serial killer or a pervert or some type of sexual deviant uh, um in both the commercials the movies all the crime stories that's how all white men are portrayed and you know they need to die obviously all, all us white men all need to collectively just die and and that's a big theme that you'll see um in uh hollywood over and over and over again and on the mainstream media so there's a lot of things that that society has taught us to really really focus in on and um all of its lies every bit of it okay because anything satan's gonna spoon feed you you just need to automatically assume you're being told a lie that has zero application to reality because it's rooted in delusion. So those people who are experts in transgenderism, how will they deal with the virus? They will say to themselves when they get infected, oh, I now self-identify as a person who's not infected because they think that wishing has control over biology. This is what they've been taught in their schools and universities, that a man can become a woman and literally transform into a woman by wishing. Amen. This will not work with the virus. The virus has no patience for your delusions. No, I think the transgenders can wish it away. I do. I mean, come on. They're a special class of citizen. They're protected, and they're protected from the coronavirus. And all they've got to do is wish it away, and it will be so. Virus is not virtue signaling. It's feeding. And it will eat progressives from the inside out, just like it will eat conservatives. It will eat anyone who denies its existence and who fails to prepare for exposure to it. Those who are wise are preparing now using herbs and natural medicine, colloidal silver, spirulina, licorice root, growing their own antiviral herbs, loading up on turmeric, garlic, ginger, onions with quercetin, uh, glycerizin from licorice root. I mentioned uh, that's a very powerful antiviral molecule that also protects liver function, protects your liver from acetaminophen damage, which is Tylenol, over-the-counter painkiller that causes permanent liver damage and so preppers know these things and that lack of knowledge has consequences so we have arrived in conclusion at a darwinian moment where we're about to see an applied example of survival of the fittest it doesn't mean athletically because that was the whole basis of darwinism survival of the fittest throughout the years as we evolved from the primordial slime creature that was bore out of primordial earth when the lightning hit the rocks and out of the whatever primordial ooze arose a two-celled organism that eventually turned into a fish that eventually turned into a i don't know something that slithered onto land that turned into a capuchin monkey that turned into a sheep that eventually formed man so this next part's not politically correct taylor just pointed out to me that reuters is talking about how they've got a uh report that they're running where the lgbt um group they're they're and they're admitting to this that they're much more uh susceptible and have lower 
uh, ability to fight off the coronavirus. Now, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, the reason being is because if you look at life expectancy of LGBT, you know, those types, it's particularly like gay men, okay? 39 years is the life expectancy of the average gay male, okay? Uh, the Bible talks about the wicked shall not live out half their days. When you start extrapolating statistics of people that are happily married and stuff and are, and are heterosexual and you and then you combine all them together yeah i mean they live about half a normal lifespan if, if you extrapolate if you look at everybody okay now i understand the lifespan is going down regarding all the stuff they're doing to kill us off i get that but um and that was your maybe maybe their lifespan's less than that now maybe it's only 37 38 36 years old i don't know but if you're LGBT, think about it. Not only are you putting yourself under a curse from God's perspective. I mean, read Romans 1, where it talks about men burning after men, women burning after women, and they're turned over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not apt or fitting. The Bible refers to it as convenient. They've put themselves under a curse from God. In the Old Testament, if you found a man with man or women with women, you take them out and stone them because you do not want them to defile the land. And that's what the LGBTQ movement does. It defiles the land. That's why when somebody says, I don't care what someone else is doing in their bedroom, it's none of my business. Yes, it is your business because it's defiling the land you live on and you're bringing your kids up in. It does affect you because sin will permeate. That's why the cities are so wicked because there's so much more concentration of the sin in the cities because you might have somebody in an apartment building and it's a high rise and you got one person worshiping Satan and you got another person doing this or that and you got to and they're all around you. That sin is going to affect you whereas if you're in the country, it's not near as and that's why the Bible talks about woe unto them that join house unto house and field unto field. I believe it's describing a city there. That's why typically you see the most wickedness go on in cities and that's where you, where you see morals very, very low in the cities because sin attracts more sin. It defiles the land. There's innocent bloodshed in the land because you're usually going to get abortion clinics in the cities. Not innocent blood's going to defile the land, defile it more. I'm just talking about stuff here that's just, you know, if you think about it, it's what's going on. So the LGBTQ, if you think about that lifestyle, what is that lifestyle all about really at the end of the day it's all about instant self-gratification it's about where a man gets to the point where he looks at another guy and he says oh i gotta have him I'm like i don't understand that i don't understand how that's even gratifying but it's a demonic thing either they're born with those demons or they're or they're molested by a same-sex parent at a very early age or a same-sex relative or, or a friend of the family at an early age it's a proven fact that that happens Okay, when Aleister Crowley used to brag about what he did, Aleister Crowley, the 666, the beast, the, the, the most wickedest man alive is how he portrayed himself, high-level occultist. What was his favorite thing to do? Molest and sodomize little boys, okay? And he knew that was the best way to not only vampirize their youth and innocence and gain more power to do more higher-level witchcraft, but he also knew... And he also stated in his own writings that that was the greatest way to get the maximum amount of devils and demons into the child at the earliest possible age. Demon infest them. Guess what? They grew up and then they started having all these weird thoughts about wanting to be with men. Why? Because those were the demons inside them. Nobody ever, hardly ever talks about that. Not even Christians. The demonic component of LGBTQ. That's the, that's the main reason. 
that they're like that. I understand. Yes, you could look at the estrogens that they're flooding the systems with and trying to, to feminize the men. Yes, that's a component. And I've got into that many times in this ministry. But it's not all cookie cutter. There's different elements. And I believe the main element is, is a large, high-level demonic component that are in the LGBTQ movement. It's, it's a crime against nature. In the Old Testament, you were killed for it. Okay? It, why? Because it defiled the land. It affected all the people. So it does affect you. And when you're in that mindset, that instant self... Because I've watched enough stuff about gay guys in particular. And it's all about them getting instant gratification and doing all this disgusting stuff that I can't even wrap my head around. But it's they don't care if they live or die. They take all these drugs and stuff and, and go to these gay male orgies and do all this stuff at bathhouses and things like that. I mean, they don't care about if they live or die. If you think about it, they don't. And then HIV was introduced in 1978 to the gay male populations through the vaccination programs in New York City, San Francisco, and Chicago. And they started spreading HIV that way, which is a retrovirus, which is something that never occurs in nature on its own. That started spreading through them then, which just further amplified the whole destructive lifestyle. So their, their average lifespan, the last time I checked, was only 39 years old. Well, it's, they're notorious for not taking care of themselves. They're notorious for just wanting instant gratification. It's like they know deep down they're not going to live that long. And therefore, yes, I said all that to say this, they're going to be much more susceptible to getting the coronavirus and dying from it. They're already in an immunocompromised state. That's why when they do get HIV, they die at a greater rate from that standpoint because they're already in such a destructive lifestyle. They're already bring a physical curse on themselves. They've already probably really not taken care of themselves very much anyway. That yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna die a lot quicker. To adapt to the changing circumstances of a demanding environment in which not every organism will survive. And who is the most fit in this time as we face a global pandemic that will spread to every city in America that will cause medical martial law, that will result in quarantine isolation, food shortages, fuel shortages, medicine shortages, and everything else that you can imagine? Who will survive this? It will not be those who mocked the preppers. The survivors will be the preppers. And the question to you is, are you among them? I realize it hasn't made you a popular person, perhaps, to be... Okay, now, the one thing about this, have you heard Mike Adams mention anything about God? I, I, I haven't. I haven't. No, it's just the preppers that are going to make it. What if you're a godless prepper and you think that and you're trusting in your preps? It's like the rich man trusting in his riches. And God comes down and says, Thou fool, tonight thy soul will be required of thee. Don't trust in your preps either. You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a unbiblical thing to prep. We're going to look at that, biblically speaking, in the next part. In fact, it's, it is very biblical to do that if you have that ability. But don't trust in uncertain riches. Don't trust in your preps to save you because that's going to anger God. Because God is ultimately the one that is either going to protect you or not. And your attitude toward him, I really believe, determines a lot of that. And also if you're, you're saved. So if you're not saved, listen to this. Go to contendingfortruth.com. 
click on the true salvation tab and i'll walk you through that because no matter what i'm talking about today that's the most important thing you get that right with god because i could give you all the prepping advice on earth like mike adams and let's say you get through this and let's say you you live another 10 years and, and you've prepped and you've done all this stuff and you've you've gutted through it and you've hid from the government and then you die and go straight to hell what what good has mike adams really done you at that point i would rather see you go to heaven and be prepared <laughs> you know i'd rather see you do both as opposed to just one because the other one is eternal so mike adams doesn't talk about that really at all he kind of gives some veiled references to this or that but again when we talk about this whole scenario with COVID-19 we need to keep the Lord Jesus Christ in the forefront of our thought patterns here okay that he's the one that can protect us and that he's the one that can deliver us and that you know praying Psalm 91 you know and and quoting Bible verses like no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in condemnation thou shalt condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness is of me saith the Lord okay so those are the things that that I mean you, you look at Psalm 91 you look at Psalm 64 you know those are like what you want to kind of be focusing on from a scriptural standpoint let's go further here though intelligent to be a thinker to be wise to understand history to understand reality it's not a popular theme these days popular themes are all delusions what's real is sanitizing chemicals that you've stockpiled because you know what's coming and you know that saving your life may require killing pathogens i would say more essential oils and colloidal silver regarding the sanitizing would be where i would want to put most of my my but i'm not saying there's not chemicals you wouldn't want to look at though as well What's real is gold bars, gold coins, silver coins, precious metals in your possession, not in some vault somewhere that you won't have access to anyway because it'll be medical martial law. The only thing you own... You'll never see it again. I've been telling you this for years. Anything you have in paper, anything you got in a vault somewhere away from you, most likely when this is going down, you'll never see it again. I'm not saying I'm... I'm but I'm just saying, I mean, I, I know how governments and things like this work. The thing you can touch, the things you can control, that's what you own. Even the money in your bank account, it's a fictional construct. Yeah. It can vanish instantly, and it will lose value every day even if it doesn't vanish. That's already happening as the Federal Reserve is lowering interest rates to create new liquidity, an influx of more free money that dilutes the value of your money. So you're being stolen from right now, whether you realize it or not. And the stock market cannot sustain its current bubble status, which means tens of millions of Americans are about to lose their retirement funds. So this just broke today. Fed takes emergency steps to slash rates, ease bank rules. The Federal Reserve took massive emergency action Sunday to help the economy withstand the coronavirus by slashing its benchmark interest rate to near zero and saying it would buy $700 billion in treasury and mortgage bonds. They're doing anything they can do to, to prop this this dying corpse of of, a, of an economy up and i don't mean like there's no there there's no like um things going on in the economy that are good but it's based on a faulty system of money money printed out of thin air with no precious metals backing it and it's been that way for decades something's gotta give eventually when you have a system like that and pensions all the things they thought were real are just illusion and so if anything this coronavirus, it collapses delusion to a brute force reality. 
and then challenges you to survive that reality. And most people aren't ready for the real world because they've lived in a delusional world, whether it's social media or fake news, NPR, Wall Street bubbles and fake finances and easy money. They've lived in a fake world, just living in a city, an artificial construct with artificial inputs that will not function in a quarantine. Have you been living in an artificial world? Because being brutally kicked out of that world is a process that many are not psychologically prepared to survive, much less physically. We are preppers, people who think like I do. We are scientists. Some of us are former military, not myself, but others are former military and firefighters and first line responders. We are writers and journalists. We are, some of us, uh, school teachers. We are every kind of American that you can imagine, mothers and fathers. We are people who will survive, even while most others may not. So your best hope, if you're listening to this and you're not yet a prepper, is to uh, get some basic supplies and pray to God that the federal government rescues you because you've bet your life on a system that will fail. And if you do somehow manage to survive this, we will get through this. There will be a lot fewer people living, but humanity will not be made extinct by this. Many of us will survive, and if you survive it, then you can join us in now adding a preparedness mentality to your future survival, and we welcome that. We want more people to be preppers because we want everybody to be ready for the unexpected. We want massive redundancies to exist across society so that nobody has to panic. And that will be one of the lessons that emerges from this global pandemic apocalypse. I don't know how many people will survive it. I don't know exactly what society will look like, but I have a strong suspicion that this will reset the very structure of human society as it exists today that nations will fall and nations will transition and even the United States of America will not be the same two years from now as it is right now today. Okay, so we have that and that's all. I'm way over time for part one. I'll try to get hopefully the next part of the study done in the next part and uh, we will go from there. So God bless you and see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.